welcome back and thanks again for tuning in to beyond the hardwood on today's episode i tap in with tim pete assistant coach at missouri western and tp and i we take it back and talk about his time growing up in memphis tennessee the morals and values that was instilled in him by his family that have helped him become the coach he is today his time at the university of tulsa and the lessons he learned from both doug wojcik and danny manning his time as a skills trainer and high school coach before breaking into the business and also his time at uncg and how the mentorship of the coaches he's worked with continue to help him mold himself into the head coach he wants to be one day so stay tuned as i tap in with tp coming up next TP, man, what's good with you? Man, what's up, man? Just, you know, first day open on the road and recruiting Monday, man. So, been on the phones a lot today. I was about Just to trying say. to, you know, get some, get some work done on the holiday, but also, you know, enjoy the family too as well. I was about to say, man, same thing this way. We able to finally get get on that road and whatnot. So, you already know, got to have your phone yeah. charged up and your earplugs in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Nah, man. Well, I appreciate you, like I said, man, for coming on the show, man. I know this one here is going to get a lot of a lot of listens, man. Got a lot of good feedback, a lot of people ready to tap in, man, hear your story and, and what you talking about. So uh, we're going yeah. gonna to hop right into it, man, get the people what they want. Uh, so, man, so, man, kind of talk to us. You know, you obviously from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, so talk to us about how it was growing up in Memphis, and you know, and how was that experience? You know, just in 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 all for you, uh, from what you remember. Man, to be honest, man, back in Memphis, man, if you ever if people ain't even recruited that area, lived in that area, been around basketball, it's like you know you, you have like you have a church in every corner, mm-hmm. you have a basketball court or a basketball facility on every corner, man. It's, right. So basketball is like really important in that city, and I know I know what it means and. To, to be honest, man, it, it kind of helped me develop my personality, man. Cause I was a really quiet kid uh, growing up, but it gave me a lot of, you know, confidence, and it made me actually, you know, like any other kid that, that, that their parents coach basketball. That made me and my dad, you know, build a relationship. And to be honest, man, he doesn't doesn't be around ball that much, but we always talk about the good times we had, and I got a lot of life lessons from on the court, man. And uh, like a lot of guys don't. I, I probably grew up in an era of the oldest old school era. Era if you didn't, if you if you go to the courts, man, you might play one game, man, and you had to play with the older guys. And if you got on the court, you better pass that ball to the to the older guys because you're losing the game. You might right. not play for a week or two, man. So I, I learned really early. I learned really early, man, how to how to adjust the game, man. Like it, it, and I wanted to play with the older guys. I wanted to I wanted to win games too, and I, I didn't want to be the one the reason they lost. Right, they, they definitely will let you know that you're the reason they lost, and I don't know why I picked this young kid. Mm-hmm. Man, for sure, and and you actually you played for your pops like AU wise growing up, right? Yeah, man, I, I played for my dad. Man, it, it actually started. My dad was an assistant coach at uh, his former high school, okay, and started kind of 
I, I actually rebounded for a guy by the name of Quintel Woods, who uh, he played for the Portland Trail Blazers. Man, I rebounded for him the year that he was. Uh, they actually ended up winning the state championship, and me and my dad, my dad ended up coaching me in my church league. My, he coached me, man. Shoot, he still coaches me to this day. To be honest, um, that's just what dad. That's what good fathers do. But right. he 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 kind of you know steered me into the into this coaching business without even trying. And all the relationships that that he had developed from coaching me and some of my other teammates that end up playing at the at the next level, kind of opened doors for me earlier, man. I I, I don't really come from a crazy coaching tree at all, um, but what my dad did was have try to treat people the right way and be honest with those guys, and they remember that from when they recruited me. And luckily, those guys stood in the business, and those guys definitely still try to help me out as well. Nah, man, for sure, that's love. That's love, and then. You know, man, just from your story, man, it sounds like, you know, shoot, basketball is just just as important, you know, to Memphis as, you know, the music culture is too, man, because, yeah. you know, we we was just talking about it the other day. I know you requested you wanted 3-6 Mafia uh, for your intro music. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, uh, yeah, definitely not. No, man, I, mean, that's, I told you, man, it was funny just because that is, that's, they're from my neighborhood, and I know I, I'm a younger guy, so most, most of the people that's older than me don't know that those guys have just as much influence on me, you know, that I can get out I can get out of my neighborhood through basketball, through music or something else, man. You can always find an outlet to, to not to not be stuck here and never feel like you're just in a in a hole in, in the cycle. You can always figure it out. But yeah, man, like shoot music is something that I, I really get into. That that that's my that's my that's my getaway, man. I can listen to all types of music all day, man. That's love man. Obviously man, it's a lot of a lot of great setting came out of Memphis. Uh, music wise yeah. and, and basketball wise, man. So, man, kind of let's talk about, man. You know, obviously, you know, growing up, you ended up going to uh, Central High there in Memphis, mm-hmm. um, and, and then obviously, you, you know, you was blessed with the opportunity to go play at the University of Tulsa. So, man, just kind of talk to us about like that that time for you, especially because I think me and you was actually talking about it before in regards to how like you know you started kind of re- really you were finding your passion for coaching at an early age because you were like out there recruiting some of your teammates uh, at AU events. Yeah. So, man, kind of talk to us yeah. about that. Man, it's funny because I I I went to a junior high school. So, if anybody that don't know junior high school, that's seventh through ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So, while all of my people that were my age were in middle school playing games. I was in an elementary school still playing church league games. So I, w- I wasn't playing the best competition. Right. And so I ended up going to one of the better junior high schools um, named Bellevue. He had a guy named by the name of Coach Jones, man, Coach Clarence Jones. And he had guys before me that were really good. He had a history of having really good guys like Marcus Moody went to Memphis, Paris London went to Memphis, he had Derek Byers went to Vanderbilt. And it was something about him when I met him that allowed me to be attracted to him. And I, and I saw how my dad was attracted to him as well. And my dad was really hard to please and talk about coaching because he wanted me to be coached really hard. And my dad wanted me to be coached by him. So my dad became more my dad than my coach at that time. Right. And then, and then, so I played there and won two, you know, uh, city championships there. And I went to Central High School, which is right down the street. I didn't graduate from the junior high school. Uh, I went. I left a year early to go play at Central, and I played for Andre Applewhite, and he allowed me to simply become something that I I didn't know I could become really really quickly. I started as a freshman, which in Memphis at the time 
was a really big deal because most freshmen don't play um, varsity uh, at the time in Memphis. It was really hard to come by. Right. Um, and I say that you had guys in my class that were, I say that were starting a lot of games as freshmen. It was me, Joe Jackson, and and Chris Crawford. You know, those were really good players um, mm-hmm. in my in my league, and, and they were my age. And that's three out of, I could probably say thirty, thirty-five guys that end up playing Division One, and we're all really close. Um, so it, it it really started me to start to figure out what can I do to make my experience at Central better because Central wasn't known for playing basketball. They were known for its track and field. So I actually, luckily I had a, my best friend, childhood best friend, he had a cousin that, was a, that ended up being becoming 6'8", and he wore a size 20 shoe. And his name is Jarnell Stokes. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <man. laughs> and I was, and I literally, I can tell you, I can kid you not, I got my license. Uh, I got my license and the next day, I actually drove 35 minutes to go see him play in, the, in middle school games. And I knew him because it was my best friend's cousin, but right. I told him that I want you to come play play with me. I think I can push you better than any other teammate or any other person uh, you'll ever be around. And our relationship got even closer, man. He ended up coming there, and I had him and a few of us other teammates like Andre Applewhite and – I, I recruited him. I had some of my other close friends that play AU with me. I coached my father. And I had another guy that was in my neighborhood, um, Tyler Stone. Um, I actually picked him up. We rode together to school together for three years, man. We drove, we rode together. We ate together. We became really close. And he's probably the most talented player I ever played with. Um, he's from my neighborhood. He played in Missouri for a year. Ended up leaving Missouri to go to SEMO and become an all-league player there. He's playing in Italy now. And just stuff like that, it just kind of showed me that I cared about their success more than my own. Uh, like, Janelle went to go play at Tennessee. I, I, I literally, kid you not, I, I celebrated for those guys um, just as much as I celebrated for myself. Right. And it just kind of it just kind of just trickled down effect, man. And, I went, and I'm going to Tulsa. I didn't, I didn't get to play AAU going to my senior year because I got hurt. And I literally got recruited through pickup. In Memphis, man, Memphis pickup is like I said, told you before, it's different. When you talk about, you have, you know, Elliot Williams, who's you know a McDonald All American. You have Leslie McDonald, who's a French McDonald All American, played at Carolina. You have Lawrence Bowers, who played in Missouri, and you're playing with these high level players. And back then, you could recruit doing pickup, you know. So I got recruited by Jeremy Ballard, who's the head coach at FIU now, um, and it just kind of opened up a door for me that opened my eyes. I actually knew what Tulsa was because that was the only other team that time in the league in Columbus, USA. Right, that was right. Back-to-back, back-to-back years playing uh, Memphis in the championship game as well. Mm-hmm. And and they they were really good. They was going the way, and they had two guys by the name of Ben Uzo and uh, Jerome Jordan who were that were that was projected in the second round of the NBA draft going to my senior year of high school. And Coach Wojcik, like I, I've, I've said this to a lot of people, man, he's the best recruiter when you talk about details and pinpointing his guys of who he wanted and getting guys to manipulate the situation to get guys to to, to build a friendship and a, a bond to where they want to play with each other, man. And right. he, had, he used he used those two guys, Ben and Jerome, to kind of spearhead 
the recruiting of me and Jordan Clarkson, man. Jordan's from San Antonio, been from San Antonio. But when we had our a camp, he had me with Ben, and he had Jerome with with Jordan because of his personality reasons, man. I'm more, I was more like Ben, the more mild manner, you know, laid back guy, and and then you had Jordan who was with with Jerome, who you know they had more the characteristic of being just you know loose and the guy that comes in the gym every day that was really really with like you see it on their face every day just they just love to be around the game of basketball and he used those two guys to kind of get us together and to be honest man it got to the point where he came down so much in a matter of three four months that by the time I got on campus I I knew who he was so he just literally used his players to recruit to recruit us right and and especially the guys that we were going to be playing two, three years with. And like I said, he, he, he did it strategically. Um, he statted everything we ever did. He statted the conversation. I think he talked about to make sure things lined up with past conversations and, and how, and he used his guys to kind of, if, 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 if those guys didn't check off, if we didn't check off the, the players box. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, wouldn't have taken them. Right. So he he built he built a really good culture there, which, you know, ultimately he he ended up getting let go. But at the same time, I feel like he had something to do with the championship I won my my senior year. You know. Yeah, that actually leads up into the the next point I was going to ask because obviously while you were there, you did play for two head coaches, Doug Wilchick and Danny Manning, um, and you know you were there for four years. Um, in your senior year, you know, you win the championship, you uh, make an NCAA tournament appearance. Mm-hmm. And just, man, kind of talk about, you know, how it was for you because, you know, obviously every kid nowadays, they want to go to college, they want to be that guy, you know. And, and for you, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of bought into being, you know, the role player, you know, being the guy that was going to hold everybody accountable. And, again, mm-hmm. it, it kind of leads into your story that you were already kind of molding yourself into the coach you wanted to be one one day mm-hmm. as a player. And, I mean, I don't know if you even realized it, but, you know, it, you know it's something that kind of was already in the works, man. So kind of talk about that. Yeah. Man, I fought it. I, I can tell you that much, man. I, I, I tried to fight it off completely. And – I didn't receive any benefits until I stopped fighting it. Um, I mean, Coach Wojcik was really great at recruiting me, but he used the, the term pro uh, when he recruited me. And, I, and as, a, as a young, naive kid, you think the word pro means a professional basketball right. player, right. a professional athlete. Exactly. Um, but as I've gotten older, the word pro just meant you put pro in, the, in front of whatever you are, wherever you are in this world, and the professional person, be a professional human. Be a just be a pro, and that I mean, you carry yourself the right way. You, you you're you're accountable for your own actions, and, and you're holding everybody else accountable. Right. Um. And that's the culture, the culture of the family that we built at Tulsa that started with him. I, I give him total credit for it. I moved that credit. I moved that culture with Coach Manning, and Coach Manning allowed me and held me accountable to doing it, of holding my teammates accountable on what they did on the court, off the court, in practice. Out of out of practice, uh, if they was going, we, you never saw one of my my teammates by themselves. Um, you always saw one or two, three, five guys together. You know, we had planned nights that we hung out together because if you know that place, man, that place is really small, but at the same time, you can make it a, a really unique place and experience for your for your team. 
Um, and I and Coach Manning literally, I tell you not, the first time I, I see him, he brings me in and he's re-recruiting me. And he tells me, I want you to be the guy that gets us over the hump. And and like I said, as a naive kid, that's you know one of three guys staying on the roster. I'm I'm thinking he's telling me he wants to run plays for me, and I'm like, right, I'm like, <laughs> right, right. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm averaging like four and a half points a game as a sophomore. I'm like, shoot, I'm finna ask about twelve. He right. finna run some right. plays for me, you but ready. at the same time, that, yeah. But at the same time, I, I realized, man, quickly that that wasn't that wasn't my role, man. My role was to be ready to make the big shots, be ready to make the big play, be like, be ready for whenever my moment comes up, be ready to go from the beginning of the game. But my moment was, if I averaged 12 points a game, to be honest, man, we wasn't we weren't going to be as good as we supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that the guys that were really talented in James Wood and Shaq Harris and DeAndre Wright, that means they, were, they weren't developing and I was being selfish. Right. So, yes, I would turn down, I would turn down, you know, shooting shots after practice to rebound for them instead and mm. not let and not let a GA rebound for them. I, just because in the game, I knew who was going to be the one passing it to them. It would be me. Right. right. Um, and, 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 and it got better to be honest, it got really better, much better. Um, after my junior year and going to my senior year, when I stopped, I, I stopped fighting completely and I got with who's my boss now, Will Martin. And, he was just coming off training Anthony Davis his rookie year, and he and he worked with me really well, and he became really hands on with the player development there, man. Like I went from the guy like I said passing to my teammates, right? And he went he went from making it a, 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 a going a step further from he would rebound, he would pass to me, and I pass to my teammates, and we're getting even more shots of. But also, you got somebody that has your back, at, at, you know, that that's upstairs with your with your coaches and like, man, he's getting the gym. He's trying, he, he's trying, he wants to, he's going to be able to do this in games. And that's kind of how our relationship started. And it went from that to where coach Manning ended up, you know, using him to get to me in a sense of uh, scouting reports and, and game planning. And men will would talk about those things. And I would relay those messages to my teammates before night before games, day of the game or in game, and we would talk about those things about what I saw in film while when I watched with uh that I watched with Will, and it just made me so much more prepared and made me really accountable to understand. Guess what? James Woodard may be one of the best players in this league, but my job is just as important as James Woodard. And if I'm holding James Woodard accountable to give us 15 plus a game. I need, he's going to hold me accountable to give him a, a little mental edge on the guy he's guarding. Or Shaq Harrison going to take he's going to use the information I'm giving him to get us an extra bucket or extra possession. Right. And I knew that, and I and and I think that 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 really helped us be really good late in that year because we actually started off zero and three, I believe, right. which is really funny, and we and we end up winning 12, 12 straight, and we're going into the, the game against UCLA. Which had numerous pros from Norman Powell, who's with the Toronto Raptors, to Zach Levine, who's having 25 yep. in the NBA, and Kyle Anderson, who got drafted by the Spurs. They they, they announced that we the winner of 12 straight. We're looking at each other like we won 12 straight games. Didn't even like, realize. Like, it. Like, we're looking at each other like we didn't even realize because we just was lost in the moment of winning one game at a time. Right. And and guys don't. And I, I think some kids fail to realize 
that, you know, when you have a group of guys that come from different backgrounds, they've all, all of us have been the best player where we're from, that we're going to have some sacrifice. And sacrifice doesn't mean that, hey, yeah, I, I'm willing to give up what I'm willing to give up. Right. Sacrifice is willing to give, is having to give up something that you didn't want to give up. That's sacrifice. Because if you're willing to give something up, that's not sacrifice. That means you're willing to do it. The sacrifice is just having to give up something that you really didn't want to give up. And that's what something Coach Manning really preached to us. And, and for me early with that group, my sacrifice definitely was my time. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that thing you knew, I put time in with those guys. And you see James Weir not get selected into the first team all league first team or all-league player that, that year we wanted. And so we're, we're all in a team meeting before we leave. Like, the, James Woodard, you're going to be the MVP of the tournament because we're going to win this thing and you're going to be the best player on the floor and we're going to make sure we do it for you. Right. And the same thing for my teammates. They were like, you're the senior, you're the captain. We're going to go all out for you. And that was what it was about. It wasn't about who scored or who. It was about making sure that we just won games, man. And it, it, it made it some of the most fun I've ever had in my life. Nah, man, that's that's love right there, man. And I'm glad you you put all that out there, man, just because, you know, I feel like nowadays it can be a clouded, you know, stigma with the fact that a lot of kids feel like they got to score or they got to be that guy uh, in order to provide some type of, you know, value to a program. And, you know, and obviously, you know, just as well as I do, that's not the case. And your story is a is a great testimony of that, man. So I'm glad you you hit on that. And and then you know, obviously, man, we'll keep it pushing, man. But you know, obviously, after you graduate from the University of Tulsa, um, you had a little stint there. Obviously, you didn't go pro, but you ended up going back to Memphis, um, and you became a coach at Arlington High School. And you were also mm-hmm. in the time you at that time you were also doing skills training, um, mm-hmm. and you you know you trained some some of the some guys that are still, you know, playing today, obviously the Ian Clarks, uh, DJ Stephens, and, and, and like Shaquille Harrison's of the world, man. So, mm-hmm. man, just kind of, man, talk about how that, you know, those, that year or two that you were doing that um, kind of helped you in regards to building your connections uh, with guys before you, you know, broke off into the business. So yeah. kind of hit on that. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you starting off, I had nothing to do with the development of Ian Clark and Shaq Harrison. What I, what I did was I was a friend that was in limbo of their life, and I, they allowed me to rebound for them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, they, allow, they allowed me to, you know, to just be a part of the process that they were going through, man. Because right. I can tell you, the first six months of my, first six months of my life out, out of college, my mom gave me that time to go be a kid. And so when I say that allowed me to be able to go within – to be able to go to watch games and professionals and see how different, you know, Steph worked versus how Ian worked. And Ian, I think that's why he's so much better. He used that to to get better. Right. Um, and it allowed me to to relay that information to Shaq. And Shaq, Shaq was people. Shaq was not a, a good shooter at all. He shot every morning for four years of college at six a.m. and and never shot over thirty five percent. And he never saw the results, but now that he's in the association, he sees the, he sees results now. Right. And he never didn't go to the gym at six a.m. to shoot his free throws or do his catch and shoot routine. He did that for four years and never really shot threes in, in college basketball. So, and he knew that 
he was not going to probably see it this year. But if I keep working at it, I might see it two, three, four, five years down the road. I think that's why he, he had the stick to itness to be able to stay with it. And I think that's why he had an opportunity to do it. But even when I got serious into training, it was uh, DJ Stephens, my biggest way, who was at, who, he was trying to play in the G League at the time, mm-hmm. and Lawrence Bowers and Samson Clark, Samson, Samson Carter. They allowed me. I had a gym I used from Mike Miller. I played for the organization. He had a court at his house. And I just, man, it went from, hey, let's just go play two on two, three on three. I'll play with you guys. I want to do some growing. To, man, hey, let's, man, I want to do some training. And it went from that to, they actually liked it to the to the to the next phase. They got they felt like they were getting better, and then I just went from that that then on to there, and and it just went from that and my imagination to to try to get guys better. It, it was simple work, but we had fun doing it, and and of course it was free because those guys have been good to me. Right. But they, they knew they had a court to go to at all times, and you know how hard it is to find a court to go train train in in, in this country. Yeah. Right. It's hard to find a court that you can just go to whenever you want to, and and they had twenty four hour access to it with me, right. and it went from that to I started coaching for my AU organization, and I had met a kid named Nathan Hoover. He his mother had put me with him, and we worked really good together. And I gave him a different perspective about putting him out there toward going against the DJ Steppers and guys like that, and he got better really quickly, and his confidence grew, and. Like I, I told you the story of me coaching my first AAU game. I coached the worst teams in in the AAU organization just to see if I could actually coach or not. And I was terrible. I, I, it was the first time in my life I felt helpless mm-hmm. on a basketball court. We're out, right. I'm literally playing against kids from my I'm playing playing against kids from my neighborhood, and they're beating me by thirty. Dude, I'm like, mm. I'm like, man, and not, not, my kids, my, not my kids wasn't just as talented as them, and they were fresh still coaching, playing first time playing basketball, but it, it drove me to be like, you know what, I want to get these kids better, right. and you know that 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 margin from 30 started to creep down to to 25, then it creeped down to 17, and it creeped down to 12, and it creeped down to eight, and we ended up never beating them, but those kids that I had end up being cut from their from their team their sixth grade year, fifth or sixth grade year, they end up making the team the next year. And to me, that was the ultimate championship for me. It wasn't about the win. It was like those kids felt like they got better, they got some confidence, and I helped them do that. Um, and it was really, really, really fun for me. And like I said, I ended up having Nathan Hoover. He had a really good good summer. And at the high school, Arlington, they had the assistant coach leave to go take another job somewhere. And Nathan ended up telling his coach, and his coach ended up giving me the job, and I ended up coaching, doing in-school suspension there, and the coach ended up letting me run practices, and I had in-school suspension, so Nathan would come in the in-school suspension, and we'll watch film and break down film, and had a really good year, his senior year, where he scored 42 against Prolific Prep, 42 against Malik Monk, and, and those guys, and, and it was really, really, it was a really, really good experience, and I just got fortunate enough to be able to get a call from uh, Coach Manning and Coach Brett Ballard about the job that, that Greensboro had a GA spot because that's what I really ultimately want. I want to be, I want to get into the business by being a GA. Right, um, right. That was that was cause, because I just felt like that was more of my purpose. I wanted to prove um, that I could do it, 
and when I got that call, man, I just I really went all in on that. I, I put my resignation papers in for the high school job. Didn't know if I was going to get the GA spot, but I was all in on trying to be a GA at, at UNC Greensboro. Yeah, man. I mean, shoot, you know just as well as I do, UNCG is probably one of the best places that you know to work. Obviously, you worked there for for um, four years, two as a GA, and then uh, uh, well, excuse me, three years, uh, two as a GA, and then you did a year of director of player development there. But you know, obviously, that staff that you worked with there, man, some of the best people in the business, and uh, man, just kind of mm-hmm. talk to us about like you know getting your break into the business as a GA at UNCG. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know we've talked yeah. about it, and you told the story to me, and, you know, we've kind of run ran through it a little bit. But, you know, you were having to, you know, wear a lot of hats, even with that title, man. And, and a lot mm-hmm. of people don't really realize that, you know, sometimes the titles can be a little bit uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Can be a little bit um, – it can definitely, it can definitely, it can be like a mirage. Yeah, you know, exactly, you know, exactly. You think I don't do something, but I'm yeah. doing a lot of stuff nobody else sees. Exactly, seeing something that that I'm not doing. It's, it's a, but I can say this, and Wes told me this story not too long ago, and I and I knew it, I knew it deep down. But he he was laughing and joking about it, like, man, how much I've grown up. And I was like, what you mean? He said, man, because you were terrible in your interview. And I was like, <laughs> I said, man, to be honest. That was the first time I've ever interviewed in my life, right. and I, I, I can I can kid you not, man. You're talking about it's 110 degrees. I'm wearing a black suit in Houston. In Houston, that's oh, not a good man. combination for an not interview, man. For your first interview, for like for one of the biggest moments where you think in your in the biggest moments of your life, I was sweating, but it did help that you had Mike Roberts on that that sat in on the interview who was at Rice when I played. At Tulsa, who who knew what playing who who knew what he knew what playing for Doug Wojcik meant. Right, he knew right. what he knew what it entailed. He knew that I was tough. He knew that I can I can accept some failure and I'm gonna keep fighting. I had some fight in me, and he had my back, man. And I had Chris Lepore, who was like I said, like I've I've said it to you a lot of times. Like relationships have helped me. Chris Lepore, who was a GA that year, he was on his last year. He was he was the manager at Belmont, who was my best friend Ian Clark at Belmont, who's player of the year there. So I had mm-hmm. I was able to connect a lot of dots, man. And I had David Chase, like I said, David Chase and Doug Wojcik recruited Jackie Manuel. They were at the staff at Carolina, they recruited him. So I, I was able to connect a lot of dots and be a lot of people that were able to get in Coach Miller's ear and get them to get my character out there and like that I was really something I was trying my best to get into this business. It, I was willing to do whatever to get in and and it didn't matter what position you gave me I was going I was going to be loyal to him and and loyal to not people that put their name name out for me and make make them look bad right no for sure man and, and obviously you know you were there for uh two years as a GA and then you get an opportunity to move on you go to Chipola for a year uh as an mm-hmm. assistant and um, and then before heading back to UNCG as a director of player development, man, and obviously uh, we met at the Final Four, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. two years ago. Yeah, it would have been two years ago um, yep. at the two Final Four. Yep. And um, and that's kind of how, you know, our relationships kind of, you know, broke off and we, we started to build our friendship. And, man, just kind of talk about, you know, and, and before I keep going, man, like, you know, one of the things I realized was how close you and uh, Andre Gray relationship that y'all have. 
um, especially at yeah, the Final man. Four, man. So kind of talk about that because I know when you were at UNCG your first time, uh, your first year he wasn't there, but the second year yeah, he – Yeah, I had Andre Morgan. Right, you had I had him. Andre Morgan both years, man. Okay. And I, 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 it's, it's really unique that – so I had a guy that I was GA with, and I use him to this day. I, I really use him a lot when I was in junior college. Thank Tom Tankowitz. He played at West Carolina for for Andre Gray. Okay, um, gotcha. One one of the smartest basketball minds I've ever been around. He he's he doesn't get a lot of credit because people don't know who he is. But the the longer he's in the business, people are gonna find out who he is. And I'll say this: um, Andre Coach Andre Morgan came to me my first year because he he was at, he's been at Young Harris. He's been all over the place. And, and he was like, man, are you willing to do anything to be in this business? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you going to go do two at JUCO? And I, my first year, I brushed it off like, no, I'm I, I'm better than that. Like, you know, like, no, mm-hmm. I'm better than that. But that's all. But Division One is pretty much all I've ever known. And, right. and, and he came to me that summer and broke it down to me about what – it's not about where you are. It's about you doing your job no matter where you're at, no matter the level. And just because you might be at a JUCO doesn't make you a JUCO coach. You're a basketball coach. Just because you're a D2 doesn't mean you're a D2 coach. You're just a basketball coach who just so happened to be at the D2 level. And you have to be able to get the max, maximize your potential and your ability at wherever you are and also the people you're around and you're affecting. So it doesn't matter. And it, it really resonated to me that I didn't care anymore about levels, man. I just cared about impacting winning, impacting kids. Right. And Coach Gray came along after I took the job at Chipola. My first, my first or second recruiting trip, I am um, out with him. You know, and we go to lunch. Now we go to dinner. And we talking. Our relationship got close really quickly, man. And I, I really drew to him because he people take him so serious that he's really like, I took him really really serious as this you know this mean guy he's one of the nicest human beings and I've ever been around he jokes around he has a lot of fun yeah has a lot of charisma <laughs> he does, and, yeah. I, I, and, and our relationship has really grown he was the biggest he was a big reason that I went back well not he wasn't the big, like, only reason I went back because I knew those guys as well but he personally called me and just saying, man, I I, I want to work with you. I, I think that I can help you. I can help you grow. Mm. And he had a per he had a he had a per he had a personal game for my success. It felt like he he felt like if I was successful or I took some steps forward, he was winning. Right. Um. Right. And and it's hard to find guys when you have a head coach like that. You have your assistant, the assistants at Greensboro, the same way you had the director of player development that was there before, and the GA. You have everybody. Really, you know, we want to work together for as long as we can, but they, we all each want each other to have success individually and want us to all to have our own credit that we do because we all, you know, put a lot of time in. And like I, and Coach Miller always said, man, if you if you do the math on the hours and the money we all make, we'll never get, we'll never be, we'll never be, we'll always be underpaid, man. Right. And that you know that's one thing, man. I realized, like you said about Coach Gray, man, is that like he he's so passionate about helping younger dudes out that's in the business, um, mm-hmm. you know. And and I mean, he mentions it, you know, all the time and whatnot. And you know, just gotta give him his shout out, man, for just like his support and whatnot, yep. you know. And 
you know, his his willingness to, you know, help us, you know, continue to, to grow. Man, you know, so definitely had to had to shout him out, man. And man, just kinda, you know, so obviously you go back to UNCG as the director of Pillar Development, but you know, again, you're there for a year and you get the opportunity to to go to Missouri Western as an assistant, but you know, the crazy thing about it is that, you know, like we talked about before with the relationships is that like obviously Will Martin was at uh University of Tulsa as a GA it kind of goes to show how important it is to just, you know, even stay in contact with it. You don't got to talk necessarily every day, but just the fact that, you know, he saw your work ethic, he saw the accountability that you had as a player and, you know, he's seen your growth as a coach and, and now you're there with him mm-hmm. as an assistant coach, man. So mm-hmm. kind of talk about man that, cause I know it was kind of tough, especially now in this pandemic, you know, um, to, to really make another move. Yeah. Man, I, I I've told my my mom and dad, man, and they've done a great job at you know trying to put me in the right space mentally and space spiritually. That it it was unique at the time that you know people were being let go, and you know it, it was it made me feel kind of weird because I felt I felt like why me, right. you know why 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 should I have the opportunity today to pick and choose. Um, to have a job with you know where I want to go and out here that's looking for jobs and and my mom just came to me and told me why not you you know and mm-hmm. and you have exactly. it's true and, it, and that's how I was raised you know but at the same time it's like you know it makes you question like am I am I good enough for this job and at the at the point of it I I knew Will I knew I known Will for seven years now he he kind of the one person that kind of sparked some of the things that I grew up with in my father, um, some of my DNA of, of, of loving basketball and, and, and influencing people through basketball. Right. And he called me and, and it was like, you know, it was a no brainer, but it came from him being there came from similar situations of him having a relationship with Sundance Wicks, who he worked with at San Francisco. They got fired. They didn't, and Will didn't have a job for two years, and he worked at Martin Methodist for one year. And not to tell his story and business, but he went to Sundance as the head job, and he calls Will. That was his first guy that right. he hired. And when, you know, just just like me leaving Chipotle to go back to Greensboro, it was like Coach Miller is my guy, like for, for the rest of my life. He gave me my shot. So if my guy calls me and tells me he needs me, that's just like a friend. I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop what I'm doing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go help my guy. You you ever seen the movie Friday when Uncle Willie found out heard about something wrong with Craig? Yep. Like that's <laughs> me as a friend. Like that's, right, right. Like, that's me. That's me literally dropping everything. Hey, I'm I'm dropping what I'm doing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help my. If you if I think you're my guy and you're my friend, I'm gonna help you as much as I can, as quick as I can. Right. And that's the thing that I have with Coach Martin. I've known him for so long that. My my friend calls me and say I want I want to ride and die with you and see if we can get, if we can get this program to change and keep doing what Sonny did and keep going in the right direction which is up. I want I want you to be a part of it. and he's my and like he's my guy so I it was like had to think on it a little bit and when I talked to Coach Miller and Coach Gray and all the people that I you know that I value their opinion they were like man yeah you you have to do it you, there's no there's no way you can can't turn it down that's going to allow you to get on the roads, gonna allow you to have some value right. on the court and, you know, you know, start putting the team together and, and start 
kind of managing a program because he's a first year head coach. So whatever he's learning as a first year head coach, you're learning. I'm well. learning. Yeah. You know, but but I did some just make sure I don't, I don't get I don't get the blame, man. I took the blame. I took the blame <laughs> in the office, but don't don't, right, don't right. blame me in the media at all. <laughs> so so we laugh about that type of stuff right. all the time, um, because because we are young, and at the same time we know we know that's that's going to be something that people are going to always question about us. But guess what? I'd rather learn things while I'm young so I can keep developing and changing. So that's that's how we're going to attack that. I mean, again, you're doing it with a great, great staff over there at Missouri Western. And, and you know, the one thing I forgot to hit on, man, was with the fact that you was talking about, you know, once you, you know, once you let go of the fact that you only wanted to be D1, that's when, like, you really started to mm-hmm. buy into everything that, you know, you really, you mm-hmm. know, you feel like your purpose is to be, man. And I know that's one thing that even me, man, first year, especially even second year as a GA, I, I, you know, like you said, when the only thing you know is D1, you know, playing at Moorhead State and the University of South Alabama, like, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you don't know any other level, like, you think that you're only supposed mm-hmm. to work at that one level. So I'm glad you did hit on that. I forgot to mention that, but I, I wanted to throw that in there, man. Um, and, and you know, obviously the talent at D two is just as good as you know Division one. You know, shoot, no doubt. You know, kids, about it. man, kids love the game. Shoot, you might think that they love it, you know, even more than some of these uh, cats at Division one mm-hmm. level, man. So, no um, doubt. So, man, you know, and, and last, man, I don't want to hold you up for too much long, but I do want because you know. Especially like with our friendship, man, our relationship, like, you know, there's mm-hmm. some nights where, you know, you'll hit me up at like three, four in the morning, you know, and, and, and yeah. with, some, with just some ideas and whatnot. And we'll, you know, we'll have a, a conversation for about an hour, two hours and whatnot, just about whatever comes to mind. Um, and it's actually something that, you know, I'm starting to do now where, you know, you, you you've used this. um this system in a sense where if somebody just so happens to come across your mind, you automatically hit them up. You don't really worry about what time it is, man. So kind of talk about that, mm-hmm. man. And just, and how that's like, you know, helped you continue to, you know, stay connected with the people you're connected with and, and just build the relationships yeah. you continue to build, man. I mean, st- starting off, I can say, um, I have it honest from my mom and my dad, man, that they, they, they they're both are, you know, introverted people but they're extroverted if you know what i mean like they're they're introverted in the sense of when they're at home they're at home but they want to help so many people that it can sometimes you know make you feel like you're failing um so Mm -hmm. i I grew that's the house i grew up in my parents would take people in from my church and i would stay my grandma for weeks at a time and and they was found me. They made me a tougher basketball player because I'm getting beat up on the court. I, and as a kid, you don't have no clue what's going on. Right. But as you get older, you start to realize, like, man, my parents are helping people. I have AAU team. They stand with me for a few weeks and things like that. So I, I have it honest to, to genuinely just asking and care about people. And it used to bother me that I had all these people that I've met because I've been able to meet so many good people because of the game of basketball from traveling for camps to playing with different organizations and being in all these things that if somebody crosses my mind, it's a re to me, to, to me personally, it's a reason why they crossed my mind and right. it, or something happened in an event throughout that day that triggered a, a memory that I had with somebody, no matter if it was good or bad. And I think that those things happen for a reason. So I, I, I don't try to take it for granted because I've been a part of at a younger age where I want to maybe hit up my aunt 
And next thing you know, I didn't hit her up. And a month or two later, she's sick and she really don't know where she is and she don't know who I am. Mm. So it bothers me to sometimes when people don't cross my people cross my mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out no matter what time of the day it is. I don't care if it's one o'clock in the morning. 1 p.m. in the afternoon, lunchtime. I'm gonna. I'm I, either I write it down on my notepad because I ha- I always try to keep me a, a notepad by me, right. or I'll I just go ahead and do it right then and there. And I, and it also has allowed me to understand to get people to understand if I call you, that means it's something really important because I I want to hear your voice. I want to do this, but if I text you, it's no rush on it. But I just want you to know that it you crossed my mind. Hope all is well. We need to catch up soon, hopefully. But if you if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here because I, I said ultimately I think that my purpose is not not basketball. I just reach people through it, and I want to see everybody succeed. I get like I said, I, I've always gotten happy for other people's success than my own because I, I like I said, working for Wes Miller, his success is my success, and Coach Miller felt like my success was his success. Yeah. So and and that I've been able, the same thing with Coach Wozniak, the same thing with Coach Manny. That's I've been fortunate enough to be around selfless people that's done it three, four, five different ways, and they've all been successful in their own right. Right. And right. I've just taken a little. I've taken. I've just taken a little bit of all of them into one, and and it's another short story about tough conversations like you might you might get you might hit somebody up and get caught into a conversation that you don't want that you that you didn't expect but you being able to be there for somebody to get something off their chest and make them feel better that's that's what that's that's what that's about um i think that that's who i am that's that's what i want to be about my mother made me call win case and tell me i wasn't coming to mill tennessee state one that's of the right. hardest that's conversations right. ever as a as a seventeen year old kid, what I've ever had to do, because I knew how hard he worked to try to get me to come there, and for me to tell him I wasn't coming was really hard for me. But going, you know, six years later, I'm playing I'm playing against Middle Tennessee State in the, the semifinals of the Commonwealth State Tournament, and also two years later after that, I'm, I want to get into coaching. But guess what? Just because I did that one thing that my mother told me to do, and Coach Case respected it. He helps me to this day. Ronnie Hamilton helps me to this day. Um, and just to have guys like that, you know, vouch for you. And you have guys like Jerry Nichols and Russ Williamson and Penny Collins at Tennessee State that do the same thing. Guys that have stuck stuck their neck out for me or literally held me accountable. Like, what are you doing to get better? Like, what are you doing? Like, And, and they'll literally do that. They'll just shoot me a tick. Like, what are you doing to get better today? Or are you doing your part to to be better? Like you want to, you want this, this, and this. What are you doing? And and those guys have been really, really good for me, good to me. And I, I said I've been blessed to be able to have a mother and father that has pushed me to always listen and always take those guys' advice. That's love, man. And and obviously you've got a great you know system behind you man that that wants to see you be great you know in this business and yeah. and really just in life man with help helping these young men you know and women hey, I'll tell you this my dad I tell you this my dad wasn't for this I can tell you that starting off he he was like man you go do something else man go be a sports agent or be a manager or something <laughs> hey, this, hey, this, you don't need to do that lifestyle and right right and to be honest man 
he's on board now because he knows this is what fills me up as a as a human being. It, it yeah. no matter, like, I don't sleep a lot, right. and he he never really sees me tired. And he's like, man, I don't know what you're doing because you don't sleep a lot, but you always have a lot of energy. Right. And I just like, man, it fills me up just being around good people, man. Right. Like I said, I, I tell you this, man. If I can tell you the stories of me and my dad getting into it about me being in this business, it's crazy. But luckily, I have a mother that that just got got him on board slowly, and he he sees that, man. When I actually when I went with Coach Miller, man, Coach Miller really sold him on, man. Like he can see me being in the business and got my dad on my side, and mm-hmm. when I got the support from my father, man, that really helped me a lot too as well. No oh, man, that's love, man. That's love, and and obviously, man, shoot, you doing it, you doing it the right way, man. And 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 your name is just, you know, you just gonna keep on moving up that ladder, man. And I'm, you know, like I I've said yeah. before, man. You know, I'm I'm blessed and, and grateful to be able to have a friendship with you too, man. And uh, you know, yeah, no appreciate you know everything that you continue to do, man, in our talks and and just you know as we continue to build our relationship, man, just. Man, just thankful at the end of the day, man. You know, it ain't too many people you come across, man, in this business that, like, you know, are open, transparent, and, you know, you can just have conversations with, especially when we're around the same age as well. So, so no, I just want to say appreciate you, bro. Man, I appreciate you, man. No, for sure, man. And, and, you know, like I said, I ain't going to hold you up for too much longer, man, but usually how I always end these is, you know, if you had to recommend one person to get on the show, man, just to kind of tell their story, man, and kind of, you know, just, you know, talk about their path in life, man, you know, who would that be? No, to be honest, man, I've been able to meet so many good people um, during quarantine and kind of find out their story and their path and, I think one guy that would be really good. Matter of fact, two guys. I'll give you two. Um, I'll give you Trey Montgomery. He's assistant coach at at Penn right now. Yeah. Uh, he he was my host on my visit to Sanford. Man, like, but I had no <laughs> right, clue. Right. I had no clue he was coaching college basketball. But just because of the pandemic and us being able to be on Zooms and see each other face, yeah, I was able to reconnect. I've been able to reconnect with him. Yep. Yeah, and then also somebody that I've been able to connect with a lot because of Coach Gray and because of the situation we we're in right now is Lamar Barrett. Um, he's somebody that's been really good for me. I, I, like, he's, he's kind of become the guy I call it at midnight because I know he's up, man. You know, right. He's an NBA scout, but he ha- he does a really good job. He's an old Dominion, and he tells – like it's funny that he tells the story of – he knows me because I gave him the worst beating of his life in college basketball when he's an older man. And I had no clue. He remembered because he had he remembered it. Right. But I had no clue that he was on that staff. And but he's been really, really good at trying to give me ways to maneuver through the business as well. Um but man, like I said, I've I've been fortunate enough. My dad used to always tell me, man, he got God gave you two ears, two eyes and one mouth. You need to look and listen twice as much as you talk. And that's something that I've, I've kind of taken away and and especially when you talk about guys that we've been able to be around over the pandemic, like Alvin Brooks or Rasheen Davis, that are that have had success in this in, in this in this in this business, man. You got, I think as young guys, we do know a lot, man. We're fortunate enough to know a lot, but it's things that we don't know that those guys know. No matter how smart we are, yep. we just have to listen because they don't want us to make the same mistakes we did. Because yeah, at some point. They're going to be out of this business, and we're going to be them. 
and we're and we're exactly. gonna want the young guy to listen to us. Exactly. And I, I think that that's something that we need to as young guys do more. Um, but like I've been fortunate enough to be around numerous of guys that have been willing to help me um, and, and wanted to be successful. And at the same time, man, even if it just called me for five minutes and just get a good laugh in, man, that that does me just as good as you helping me get a player, to be honest, man. No, for sure, man. And, and like you said, man, is, this uh, pandemic has opened up and allowed us to connect, you know, more with a lot of these mm-hmm. these guys that have a lot more knowledge and, and just dudes that we can just learn from, especially as we, you know, continue to find our way through the business. You know, this pandemic's helped with that, man, because, you know, there's no guarantee that we would have went to the Final Four, that we would have been able to connect exactly. with as many of these people that we've been able to, man. So it's been a blessing in disguise, you know. You got to see the light at, at the end of the day. Um, so... So, no doubt. Nah, man, you know, I, I appreciate you again, man, for taking the time to hop on here, man. Like I said, man, shoot, you you a hot commodity, man. So I know a lot of people are uh, ready to hear this one. <laughs> hey, so. look, hey, hey, look, you, you, you those big words don't make Trey Montgomery really happy, man. He used a lot of big words. I, I'll just mess with you, but <laughs> yeah, man, I, like I said, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate enough to, to be around good people, man, and I'm honestly just repeating the things that they've taught me and I just want to pay it forward right now. And if I'm in this business 10 years from now, I'm fortunate. If I'm not, guess what? I still be have, I still have relationships with these people because they know that they can call me and, and I'll call, I'll definitely call them. They know that much. Nah, for sure. Most deaf, man. Most deaf. Well, man, I ain't going to hold you, man. I appreciate you again. And you know, as always, man, we'll definitely be in touch. No doubt. All right, man. appreciate you. Thanks again for tapping into Beyond the Hardwood. Just a quick reminder to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And also, be sure to follow the Beyond the Hardwood page on IG as we continue to build this platform. And until next time, remember, life goes beyond the hardwood.